You've tuned in to localjobnetwork.com radio, where you can find all of your favorite employment-related shows. I'm your host, Katie Chesney, and you're listening to Management Decisions. And today we're asking the question, what if Kanye was your coworker? And joining us to answer this question is Jack Stallman, and he is known as the Don't Flinch Guy. So my first question is really for those listeners out there who aren't familiar with Kanye West. Could you describe what kind of person you might encounter if you think they're kind of like your office Kanye West? Absolutely. Your office Kanye is, is your person who's got a lot of talent, who, who brings a lot to the table, whether it be sales or marketing or, or whatever field you're in where that person just has the right mix to help your company, but then their own ego, their own persona kind of gets in the way and they kind of become the hot mess of the office. And you have to weigh is this person bringing more to the table than it than the trouble is worth? And so that kind of, if there's somebody like that in your office, and I like to joke, there's the old saying, there's a crazy person in every family. And if there's not one in yours, it's probably you. <laughs> the same thing is true with an office Kanye. I think everybody's got some level of an office Kanye, somebody who's got the chops, great talent, but just sort of can be a dummy sometimes. What kind of impact can this person have on an overall morale in the office and the atmosphere in the office? Oh, yeah, it can be. I mean, it can be pretty drastic. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, attitudes are contagious. You know, if there's a Debbie Downer or a Donnie Downer in the office, I mean, people sort of, it sort of affects the, the whole mood of everything. In fact, some companies will make just straight up cultural changes. Uh, the results might be good out of an individual but they'll say, I've, I've encountered it before where they come in and they say, you know, this just isn't a good fit for whatever, whatever reason culturally. And, and that can make a big impact, even though your immediate results might be we just let go of a very talented person. But the long term effect is our office is humming a lot better without that person in the mix. Mm-hmm. So it can make a, a real impact in an office. Now, have you personally ever encountered an office Kanye? Oh, certainly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Certainly. How did um how did that go for you? Well, you know, you can't win every every battle that you have. You can't you can't change everybody. I've had some encounters with Office Kanye's where, you know, when there has been sort of a oh, I don't know, a Kanye intervention, if you will, that mm-hmm. that things that they were receptive to that and that behaviors changed around that. And and it was able we were able to sort of, you know, launch off a, a much better relationship. And, you know, I often encourage people to think as much as you can long-term versus short-term because it's in the short term that it's a very uncomfortable conversation to have with somebody. It's almost like, you know, you're, we're all adults in the room, but you almost have to sit this person down and you almost feel like it's a parent-child sort of conversation. And that can be hard for the person who is who is receiving this information, they may not know that they were the office Kanye. They may not know that their behavior is affecting other people in very uh, challenging ways. And the idea is that you have a very difficult short-term conversation to get some great long-term results. Now, you wrote an article titled, What If Kanye Was Your Coworker, which sounds absolutely horrifying. Um, and in this article, you shared <laughs> six and a half ways to deal with that individual. And I just have to ask, why are there only six and a half strategies? Well, six and a half is sort of my, my niche. Mm-hmm. So admittedly, uh, there's, there's many, many more. And there's some great articles 
out there. In fact, one that comes to mind is Forbes has an article. I think it's the eight ways of, of dealing with a difficult person in the office. So there's certainly more than six and a half. But uh, my niche, I'm a, I'm a corporate speaker and my whole brand is don't flinch the six and a half lessons a starving actor can teach your organization. And so I try to always have my blog be six and a half where the six are relatively serious and uh, the six and a half is kind of the, the throw in where uh, we have some fun. So in the Kanye piece, uh, six and a half, the, uh, the answer was use auto-tune, which is what Kanye likes to use now to affect his voice. And so um, that's the way I sort of structure all of my blogs. And this one's just so I, there is no magic reason why six and a half is the thing. Just that's that's sort of my niche. Well, I really appreciated that six and a half because I, I did chuckle quite a bit at that. But I want to go back to <laughs> your first suggestion, and that was to listen to this individual because at the end of the day, they just want attention. So how can you really effectively listen to this person without wanting to pull your eyeballs out? <laughs> well, that's, that's a great question. I mean, this is, you know, and I think I even said right in the blog that this listening is easier said than done way. It, it's so easy for me to, to sit here and say, you just need to listen. Mm-hmm. But if you, if you go into it with the mindset that you have, which is, I want to pull my hair out. And you're aware of that the whole time. And you just sort of sit on that for a little while and, and just sort of take in what this person is, is going through. Because there may be some things that you don't know that are going on that are, that is causing the behavior. Right. And so if you can just take that moment and say, oh, I didn't know that A, B, and C was the reason, it could be an easier fix than, than you know. And you won't know that unless you really take the time to listen. And that's, that's another thing I've had in the article was just taking that time to just kind of cool off mm-hmm. yourself. Whatever behavior is that, that's making you upset, chances are pretty good that a day later, a couple days later, you'll feel a little differently. We'll all have kind of perspective around it, right? Like sure. when, we got our, when we got our heart broke in high school, there was no deeper pain, right? Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and now years later, it's comical. But at the time living it, you know, we were so upset and so intense. And the same thing is true in our office setting. If you're going with that knee jerk reaction, it's probably not what you would want to do if you had the chance to have an out of body kind of step away from the experience and go, oh, wait a minute, if I just kind of cool down here, listen to what my coworkers is kind of giving me. Now I have a new perspective on it and I can get a new approach. Right. So right now we've, we've checked a couple items off the list already. So we've talked about really just taking the time to cool down and go in with a calm head and then really just listen to this individual. And the second thing on the list was to find the talent through the BS. And this is something that you should be doing during your listening session. So can you describe this a little bit more detail and what you should be thinking about when you're having this listening session? I mean, the bottom line for all companies, no matter what field you're in, is results. And Mm -hmm. if that person is really bringing results to the company, that's something that needs to be in your through line as you are having this conversation. Because there's there's no sense in, you know, throwing out the baby with the bathwater if Mm -hmm. this person can bring something to the table with just a few, you know, interpersonal kind of adjustments, you know, in the way that the office works. And so I, I think that is really important because it's, it's when there is a problem, we just want to really focus on the problem. And we're not looking at 
The problem might be 3%, 5%, 8% of that person, what they bring to the office. And can we work on that 8% if the 92% is performing? Mm-hmm. So that, that's kind of what, you know, it's just something to keep in mind. And again, it's just, it, it helps you kind of kind of calm the situation a little bit. Right. I, I guess, you know, it, it really comes down to recognizing what they're capable of and then maybe just praising them in a way that doesn't further inflate their ego. Yeah. I mean, if that if that is, is the issue, if, if it is ego driven, yeah. I mean, I think there's there's time for love and there's time for tough love. Mm-hmm. And, you know, unfortunately, with all of the when I when I work in communications with with companies, there is no magic wand that has the right balance that has the right answer for everything. It is situational. But yeah, I think I think when you're you're dealing with with somebody with with a little ego, there is that that balance of giving them positive reinforcement, but also, you know, kind of reminding them that this is a team effort and that, you know, there are other people in the equation and how can they adjust that behavior so that they can be an even better team player, be mm-hmm. even the bigger star in the office? Now, the next step is to not ignore the problem. And I think the reason why, and you kind of address this in your article, the reason Kanye keeps going is because no one stops him. So <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about how to recognize early on when you might have a Kanye West developing in your office? Yes. And I think this comes down to communication on a regular basis with your team. Mm-hmm. How often are you checking in with, with each individual? If you are in a management position, how much do you have your nose to the ground? Are you having weekly check-ins with people? Because you can sort of tell, I think we've all had situations where we haven't really enjoyed a job or we haven't been able to perform as well as think we can. Mm-hmm. In, in a job. And it just doesn't happen overnight. It happens with kind of a smaller incident that, that kind of starts something. It's like, well, I, I liked that job two weeks ago, but now this, this one factor changed and, and now I'm not enjoying it as much. And we don't do a great job, I think, as human beings, this is kind of across the board, of you know, really doing a self-assessment. And what we'll do is we'll just kind of ignore that one little problem, like, oh, I don't really like this part of my job, but I'm not going to bring it up to my boss because it's not that big of a deal. And then what happens is there are other pieces that come in that are not that big of a deal. And all of a sudden we have 15, 20 pieces that are not that big of a deal. And now we have a big deal. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's about checking in with, with your employee and making sure that that all the, the I's are crossed and the, the T's are dotted, that you have all the information that you need to know and that they know that your employee knows that this is, a, this is an open conversation. So they're not afraid to bring things to you. And I think that's really important. And, you know, it's cliche. I have this open door policy, right? But right. I, I really do think that if people are welcome to that, that if you're, they're reminded of that, that there can be a weekly check-in, that even if it's 10 minutes, it just says what's what's going on this week. Anything, anything happening on the radar? Good, bad, or ugly? Let mm-hmm. me know. Let's go through the checklist. Great. This was a good talk. We're moving on, and we're handling issues as they come up. Now, the next item is to pick your battles. And as an employer, you kind of walk a delicate line between not ignoring the problem, but also kind of trying to really pick your battles as to what is really important. So can you give us a little some suggestions on how to pick your battles to ensure that you're being effective with kind of nurturing this employee through their Kanye phase? Yeah. 
<laughs> I like that term, by the way, Kanye fake. Can I use that one yes. on the blog? Yes, gonna, go ahead. I like that. <laughs> uh, Um, yeah. So I think what I really mean by that is I've had a situation where I had an an employee where I sort of let a lot of stuff go Mm -hmm. and then it sort of, it sort of built up and I didn't do a great job of handling sort of an explosion on the person where like I mentioned 15 things that I thought they were not doing properly you know, it just sort of backfired on me because the the look on the guy's face was, well, you never mentioned, you never mentioned any of these things. Mm-hmm. Where if, if I had sort of along the way sort of picked one or two things. And the other thing about picking your battles is to, I bring that up so that it doesn't become personal because sometimes there are things that we don't like just as far as a personality mix is concerned. And there might be a behavior that we just don't love but it might not really be detrimental to the company or to the division or to the, the person's work that you kind of have to check yourself and say, you know what, this is, this is a me issue. You know, mm-hmm. I have a pronoun problem here. This is not my employees. This, this, is, this is me. So that's why I really say pick those battles because if you really analyze them, some of them might be more you than on, on them as far as just a, a pet peeve. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not, going to do you any good to come down on somebody because you just have a, a style or something that that's just getting in the way of that. It's, it's important to let people have their own process and their own their own growth without squashing every possible thing they bring to the table. Yeah. So it kind of sounds like you have to go back, take that time to assess before you act and then really pick those battles as to what is really important to that individual's job rather than your personal items. And the last thing that I want to touch on, um, you mentioned in the article, is about finding common ground. And you use the latest Kanye Awards speech example in this where the artist back really just kind of, instead of getting into a verbal back and forth, he just turned the issue into a positive. So can you explain how this can be translated into an office environment, how you can use this to find common ground with that individual? Yeah, and I think that comes down to just you know, personality. And, you know, if you can find something that you you have in a shared interest, and in fact, I'm going to talk a little bit about this in my next blog entry, which is going to be about Saturday Night Live and why Saturday Night Live has had 40 years of success across, you know, multiple generations. And what that has created, at least in my eyes, is that water cooler talk. Saturday Night Live is the one safe water cooler talk where you can you can talk with anybody about it. It is, it is a common ground situation because my parents loved the original cast, right? Mm-hmm. So no matter what we're talking about on Saturday Night Live, there's a conversation that, that can come into play. And so that's just one, you know, kind of silly pop culture example, which is, you know, what I sort of talk about. I like to make pop culture things into office things. But it's a real thing. It, like, it, does this person fish? Is this person a golfer? What are their interests? Is there something that you have that's shared? Did you go to the same college? Is there, is there anything that makes you a stronger ally with that person? Because the thing is, the more that we have in common, the more comfortable we become with each other. And the more likely we are as an, as an authority figure, the more likely the, the employee is to sort of hear you out because now you're, you're one of me, right? No matter what that, connection is? Are you a a sports fan? 
you know, are you into Harry Potter books? I don't care what it is. If you can find something there that, that is, that is a friendly ground, it just creates a validity to the relationship that joins you in a way that you otherwise wouldn't have been joined as just, you know, sort of peer to peer or, Mm -hmm. you know, sort of a, a, a boss to worker situation. So it's really just taking yourself as a manager and making you a little bit more of a a real person. Because sometimes I think managers can be put on a pedestal and they're untouchable and you're only supposed to know the professional things about them, not the fact that they, you know, behind closed doors, they're the biggest Harry Potter geek ever. So I really (laughs) like the example that you shared there about how to just become an ally with them and use that to your advantage to really get them through this, as I said earlier, Kanye phase. Yeah. And I think that, you know, you, if you think about your best bosses in your life, and as I look back on mine, a nice balance of, yes, they, they knew what they were doing with, with management and, you know, getting things done, but they had a balance of that interpersonal connection. And all the old bosses that I had in my life that I really enjoyed, I touch base with them on a personal level, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, and I think if you take it, to that level in, in a very workplace appropriate way. I'm not telling you to open up your soul, but just to have that connection is, is really important because in the movie, one of my favorite movies is Office Space mm-hmm. and Gary Cole is that slimy boss, you know, who just, he thinks he's so slick and he thinks he's in with the in crowd, but he doesn't really take the time to, to connect. And, and I think that, you know, all the bad bosses we've had in our lives, they don't just get up in the morning and put on their bad boss pants and be bad bosses today. It's just they've sort of lost touch with that, that interpersonal connection that makes us human, that, that makes us want to be at work and work. We want to work for a human being. We don't want to work for a robot. I think that's a really great suggestion. Now, unfortunately, we are up against the clock today. So I wanted to give you a moment here at the end to share any final tips or pieces of advice with our audience before we wrap up today's show. I guess, though, the one thing I would do is I come from an acting background and in all uh, interpersonal difficult struggles, I take the one rule of improv. And the one rule of improv is yes and. You say yes to what your partner has given you and you bring something to the table that enhances that conversation. And I know this isn't a Jim Carrey movie, so we can't say yes to everything. But the whole idea is that this, this conversation, that we are open to what our coworkers give us and we just have this conversation that goes back and forth and have that concept in mind so that everything's open, everything's out in the open and people feel comfortable bringing difficult issues to you. And you know that you can bring difficult issues to them because of, because of the way you have treated them in the past. So yes, and would be kind of my final parting words. Well, with that said, we will wrap up today's show of management decisions. So just wanted to thank Jack for joining us and sharing his expert advice. We did appreciate it today. Thanks, Katie. Appreciate it. Now, to find more employment-related shows, head over to aljaneradio.com. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions for future shows, send our team an email at aljaneradio at localjobnetwork.com or send us a tweet on Twitter at the LJN. Once again, I'm your host, Katie Chesney with LJN Radio, and I wish you the best of luck with managing your office, Kanye West.